last week I left a note on Laura's desk It said I love you, signed anonymous friend Turns out she's smarter than I thought she was She knows I wrote it, now the whole class does too And I'm all alone during couple skate When she skates by with some guy on her arm But I know that I'll forget the look of pity in her face When I'm living in my solar dome on a platform in space Cause it's gonna be the future soon I won't always be this way When the things that make me weak and strange get engineered away It's gonna be the future soon I've never seen it quite so clear When my heart is breaking I can close my eyes It's already Scientist Building inventions In my space lab in space I'll end world hunger I'll make dolphins speak Work through the daytime Spend my nights and weekends Perfecting my warrior robot race Building them one lazy gun at a time I will do my best to teach them About life and what it's I just hope that I can keep them from destroying the earth Cause it's gonna be the future soon I won't always be this way When the things that make me weak and strange get engineered away It's gonna be the future soon I've never seen it quite so clear When my heart is breaking I can close my eyes It's already Except for bionic eyes She lost the real ones in the robot wars I'll say I'm sorry, she'll say It's not your fault, or is it? She'll eye me suspiciously out from uh the the credit music there sure that's fine that's fine so you're ready to start ink stud citr 101.9 fm ian what were we just listening to uh you were listening to jonathan colton's the future soon 
Tell us about that on video. On CITR. 101.9 FM. Ink studs. On your listening dial. All easy listening all the time. And now some radical political ideas with James Lloyd, who thinks women shouldn't be allowed to talk in church. James? Oh, thank God. And I should mention that uh, the views of Ian Boothby and James Lloyd are definitely not shared by the... uh, Alma Mater Society of uh, UBC. Oh, I actually just bought the Alma Mater Society, no. so they are now. Yes. And my views go so much farther than that when it comes to women in church. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're just going to start awkward. Thank you, boys. So, Ian Boothby, James Lloyd, to uh, Vancouver. Funny time comics. <laughs> oh, even. Has Casper gone too far? Your phone calls, please. <laughs> You know, I could never uh, watch the Casper movie. Um, what- Which one? The fourth one? I wrote the fourth one. Do you know that? Did you do your research? I <laughs> and did. not just the fourth one, the direct-to-video fourth one. Let's keep that in mind, folks. All right. Just before you start your Casper Just bashing. before you start tuning out, <laughs> right, they've perked up it. now, the audience. The first one. All right, the first Ride one. Ride this thing. The okay. first one. Because the uh, one who played the live Casper went mm-hmm. to high school with, I hated him so much. And knowing, you know, he's getting along with Christina Ricci in the movie. It's just not right. And I'll tell you something else that is not right as a co- as a comic book nerd. Casper is not a dead child. Casper is just uh, he's like hot stuff. He's just a, a a creature that is a ghost. Like he always existed as a ghost. He was born a ghost. There you go. I understand. You're going to say the animated cartoons they showed a little grave, uh, but that's uh, not what the Harvey folks uh, say. So. So there you go. He is Casper, not a dead child. Okay, here's the thing. I like how you uh, reference it with hot stuff. I don't really read hot stuff. Casper, I'm more Which familiar was not with. And, and I think either. no, he was just a, an imp that lived in the woods with the other uh, demons in their own kind of. Uh, I guess I guess right. it was like a, a slum, like a demon slum. In the the rich people lived in Richie Rich's area, and then you got to like the poor kids, and then you got no, really I'm with you. bad. Then you get into demon slum in the woods. <laughs> so, but East the comic bond was the host of snacks. I think that's right. <laughs> Once again, CITR, all hard rock. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, we're going to listen to some uh, Dio and and Remembrance next. (laughs) Um, This is the radio show where we talk about comics, as always, Ink Studs. Uh, You guys have been making comics for a while now. You don't uh, even want to answer this. Yeah, yeah James wow. started with Bill Gaines back in 30. I didn't think you were going to go that deep with these questions. <laughs> well, I've been making comics for a while now. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the, when I was a kid <laughs> in the kitchen and my hands would get sticky. <laughs> Cut to Robin yesterday. Hey, Robin, are you going to do any research for your show tomorrow? I'll get to it. Cut to now. <laughs> Actually, I was, uh, if you don't right, mind, wait, 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 I was wait. drunk. In the planning of this, sure. that is my excuse, Ian. Sure, okay. No, um, well, it's the best way to read the book. It's the only <laughs> way to read the book. Um, no, I, I can turn this into something here, I guess. I, I actually, meeting Ian coincides with me starting in small press in Vancouver, mm-hmm. 1991, uh, Smash Gallery, uh, late lamented Smash Gallery, and... What it, I don't know if it's a misguided effort, but there's a a book that we all put together called Dysfunctional Comics, and uh, Sir think... Colin Upton was kind of the figurehead on that one, and uh, Lord the rest Colin of us Upton. were all young. 
Young Turks, and uh, that's where I met Ian for the first time, and that was the first time I started doing small press comics, fresh to Vancouver. So for me, in terms of Vancouver and comics, it dates back to 91. Yeah, we were all trying to... We had, New comics had just come out, and uh, with Sean Hayes, Holgate, and some, some other folks that were, uh, were great. Uh, the, and everyone eventually got sucked up by video game companies to draw uh, Spanish soccer players and, and then stopped doing comics for the most part. But we, we really liked that, and yeah, tried to do our own thing. And uh, we did it for, I think, three issues or something like Four. that. Yeah. Four total. Four. Wow. Um, Wes Obrigovich put that together before running back to Kelowna. Give Wes his props. I haven't heard from him in ages, but he was the guy who stuck it together. And he tried, so we got four. And back back then, I think uh, any group effort four was was a good run. So. That is. Yeah, Rob Dayton was also in that. Uh, right. S- uh, Susan uh, Ferguson was also in that. Julian? Uh, I don't know. No. no. No, I think he might be too young. Was no, he no. wasn't too young. Wasn't he too young. He, was, he wasn't younger than Rob. Oh, yeah. fair enough. He just had taste, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, his own thing. Well, I think he actually had a comic with Fantagraphics at the time, and I'm oh, so tired. That's I just right. bought them yep. from Lucky's, and I have absolutely no idea what they were called. They were called the Julian Fanta thing from. Uh, I yeah, but anyways, he had a comic actually being published by Fantagraphics. I didn't know about it at that time. So, crucial he, fiction. Thank you. Wow. Research. See? You know what they call that, Ian? <laughs> that's why he's a big man on campus. Nice. Uh, yeah, and then we we both did our own books as well. Uh, I did a book called I did uh, I think eighteen issues of that, just self published. Xerox, go to Kinkos, print it up myself, put it in stores, pretend that it sells. Uh, in that I, I went, bought it then. Now, yeah, when, when I, does that collection come out? Uh, I miss those. I'm dig I'm digging up the originals right now, so uh, it'll probably end up on. I've got a, a, a yeah, it'll it'll probably end up on the internet uh, shortly. That's what, yeah. And I also did a comic called Squares. I also did one called Bad Sex Funnies, where James wrote me quite often and went, uh, I feel uncomfortable seeing you naked in oh, this. Oh, I knew he was going to mention it. He did it in Spain. He <laughs> will not let up from that one sentence in the letter. But go on. Well, no, it's just there's a scene where I'm, All right. I'm, what, how, how, I'm yeah, urinating. How far in are we? James 15, felt awkward at about 15 it. 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I took a poke at him because he had done. Uh, it wasn't a poke. It was a legitimate. Uh, it was legitimate. It was a sex comic where he had. Uh, it was post. Coital, and there was a very graphic shot of him urinating. And, very uh, graphic. <laughs> complete very, all the details. Very it, it wasn't graphic. even like three-quarter kind of butt shot thing, you know. And I, I took a poke at him for that particular drawing. And now, he's never this, forgiven me for it. Was this from so. your Chester Brown phase? Uh, well, I don't know if it was necessarily Chester Brown that I was influenced by at that time. But, yeah, it was around That's the time. Clay Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain the checkered shorts you're currently wearing. Oh, boy. Boy, that yeah, mm. uh, no. It was a time where it was uh, it was the time in a gentleman's life where, as an artist, uh, you feel I got to put this all out there, and so it was like I'm not going to censor myself. I'm not going to I'm not going to hold anything back, and so yeah, that's that's what I did. And James went too far, Mister. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. It's not. I condemn it you. Was not it was not. protesters with signs outside my house. Down with peeing. We well, don't want to see and. I know. Well, what can I say? I'm a prude. Always have been. <laughs> I've really been the uh, going back to the, the discussion Puritan of church. Of yeah, uh, uh, James's all prude comics are fantastic. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> really dirty, but you can't open the all book. prude. They They're keep all you regular. <laughs> um, but uh, 
No, what was what I was going to say? It was the drawing, not the. And I, I got to say, what Ian ex- excluded there is I sent long gushing fan letters because the stuff yeah. was really good. Unlike it, it wasn't done in the name of. Um, and, and this is no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. But didn't not like all but one of the, It is international well, them, drama holiday, isn't it? Yeah, but one of the sexual conquests thought he was Jesus. Wasn't that the case? Uh, she did. Oh, she thought I was Jesus. That was true. Yeah, exactly. That was true. There was a moment. Can where, I just get a high five? A high five. Sure thing. Ah, uh, stigmata. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we. I went over to her place and uh, she was watching Agnes of God and mentioned at a certain point that she had met Jesus when she was a little girl and that I looked like him, which I kind of did at the time, and then it got to cross some lines to where I was him, and I didn't stop it. Yeah. (laughs) Because in for a penny, in for a silver coin. (laughs) Twenty of them going to say about the comics is that um, no disrespect to Joe Matt or something, but it wasn't done in the name of just solely just to air like his dirty laundry. There were such great stories behind it, and that's why I wish they were still available for this younger generation, because everything he did just had the... I mean, I I never bought that they were autobiographical and stuff. I just thought Ian's going on these flights of fantasy. They Futurama were, has nothing on the, some of the stories he they had. Were, they, were, they were autobiographical. It's, it's one of those, though, you got to get some distance on it. Like, when you're doing them uh, originally and putting them out there, it's like, okay, there, ah, uh, it's done. And it's catharsis. And then it becomes from catharsis to yeah, it's not that I'm embarrassed about the actions in them, but I'm embarrassed about you're embarrassed about your skill level of what you did two or three years ago. And then you can, when when enough time has passed, you can forgive yourself for, you know, for whatever your artistic sins are, and you can then put it out again. And that's probably what I'm going to be doing. Well, I Ian, hope so. Ian was my hero at the time. Though. Those were oh, just great, you. great comics. Um, I think I, re- I remember uh, cream of the cross. about James six. Is my hero now, and he really is. Like he's, he's an amazing artist. Uh, uh, you're listening to Smoke Blowing. Maybe we should idea. mention what he is a great artist of. The oh, fact that you guys are both here. We haven't even done intros. Have we? we haven't. We haven't. Where the hell are we? Uh, we're the two surviving members of the Irish Rovers. You're listening to <laughs> Celtic music on CITR, all Celtic all the time. Here come the Clover Boys with <laughs> I Beat My Wife. <laughs> so the uh, the comic that these two gentlemen are here to eventually discuss, I think we've got a good uh, probably 45 minutes until uh, Ian will allow us to discuss it. Um, then again, there's only 40 minutes left in the show. Uh, the Simpsons uh, Futurama oh, Crossover Crisis... <laughs> Uh, the book that you guys did together, um, Simpsons Futurama. Right. You've both been doing Simpsons, and f- you, you, you're the, the face of Futurama, the pencil of Futurama for quite a while, of the comic. Yes, the most faceless face in comics <laughs> history. I don't know face of them, but... The, the pe- that's why I corrected the myself, first, the, yeah. the pencil. Well, I've been drawing them since the first issue, mm-hmm. so. Is this your first time? No, you guys have done lots of comics together before this, though. For Simpsons. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I should go into the history of it with this question. You know what? Why don't I play a song? We're about 20 past. Okay. And then when we get back... Which one are you playing? Should I give an explanation for the... Why don't we start with an explanation, James? The L7, riding with a movie star? Because Ian is not just a writer of comics. <laughs> He's he's a big man on Holly, in the Hollywood scene too, and because I've been riding his coattails for the last six years, this number is called "Riding with a Movie Star." Excellent.
CITR's Scenic Drive, every Friday morning, 10 a.m. till noon, CITR. And we're back, CITR 101.9 FM. This is the Inkstead Show. I'm talking to James Lloyd and Ian Boothme. Um, no real order of the name in particular. Not a level of respect uh, first or something. Maybe it is. I don't like you, Ian. We'll just go with that. Fair enough. All right. Go to hell and die. I'm already on my way. After he signed the book. Exactly. Oh, well. I know. I'm signing an autograph for you while you're insulting me. That's... So fridge to the microwave. Maybe if I uh, didn't insult you, you would have drawn in the, uh, the, was it the sheep raping clown? Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) Tell me about the sheep raping clown. This is the problem when you do any kind of art is it sticks around afterwards (laughs) way past where you would want to. No, it's just like, I I was, quite often when you do comics, you end up at comic conventions or with other cartoonists and they go, let's do a comic jam. And everyone seems to enjoy doing a comic jam, meaning one person does a panel, next person does a panel. I don't enjoy that at all. Uh, So um, I would always just draw a a sheep sodomizing, uh, a a clown sodomizing a sheep. I've, uh, I've got one at home. Uh, many people do. It's yeah. a very easy thing to draw very quickly, uh, and it, it gets me out of it, and I can move on with my life. I do I do improv as a job, and so I do an improv comics is just good. <laughs> All right. So I was on stage improv. He gets to that point too. Like, I need an animal from the audience. I'm gonna go kangaroo. I heard sheep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, second city staff. Second city staff. Now before we. Uh, played the music break we were going to talk about you james where were we talking about uh who is the one true god and uh james was saying some stuff about a certain controversial figure that i'm really surprised but uh the the, the book of mormon i think we we're talking about the book oh of mormon yeah let's earlier. go with that that's safer yeah no you we were talking about um kind of how you got into the bongo gig i think and yeah um well, I already told that story on Fisher's show. Everybody heard that one, right? Uh, that, <laughs> yeah. Well, considering considering that she now, listen to every episode. Almanada Pia show has not been years. aired in Vancouver in at least five years, and yeah. I have a feeling it was more than five years ago. You're what on are you the show. Shame her for. I'm not shaming her. You're doing fine. You don't need to feel threatened for God's sakes. I'm just saying we want to hear what you got to say. All right. Um, so the, yeah, the history of the bongo. Basically, I had gone to um, an ape convention in the late '90s. With the um, alternative absurd press expo, sorry, having somebody look at my own work, you know. But uh, I ended up talking to um, a bongo editor there instead. Ian was already working for them. Uh, a fellow named Scott Gimple, who's uh, not with Bongo anymore, and he gave me his card. And uh, when I got back to Vancouver, there was, I think, a long period of phone tag, about a year and a half, and it was actually right when I. Uh, uh, kind of gave up on it actually I had done a sample page for them and, and they were happy with it and there was a lot of talk about work coming up and it was actually right when I said okay well that's it that was nice I guess nice idea and we're moving on that I got the call from them that was in 98 or 99 they started me on um, the now defunct Sunday paper strip of the Simpsons which not oh, wow. people remember mm-hmm. um, did not know that from there I got a full length issue and my second full length issue of the Simpsons was an Ian script and that lasted for about a year on the Simpsons and then they offered me Futuram in 2000, 2000 or 2001 I think it was 2001 that was the first issue, and so that's been that's been the home for me since then. So, 
Tell me about the collaborative process. Is there any collaborative process when you guys are working together on a project? Well, here's the weird thing. We are now literally living across the street from each other, and we really only see each other when we're at conventions in California. When we're invited to go on radio. Or radio uh, shows like this, yeah. There's a, That's when we catch up, really. The thing is, it's, it's, it's a very solitary business, uh, writing and drawing. Uh, and so, yeah, you, you do your thing, you put it out there. I guess if there was something that was confusing, uh, we would talk to each other. But generally, I think we know. I don't think we've ever consulted each other on anything. Do you ha- I don't think there's a reason to, frankly. Yeah. No. And I got nothing against the guy. Like, literally, he can look into my window from his. Like, he can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, gotten, it's gotten to the point. Like, And ah. it's hilarious when I look out there because he's always looking up at my window and stuff. <laughs> I talked to Pia about this, his wife, and he just does this little running monologue. Furiously like pleasuring myself. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what she said. Big angry stare. <laughs> Smoking a cigar. <laughs> Never set Ian up. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But as we've as we've started he to work together, he just does these little hand wringing monologues, going, "Yo, oh, I hope he puts that magazine cover in that I wrote in." No, I'm just glad. Of course, you... I might have needed a close up on it. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have put in this other panel page. Of course, he draws good stars, so that'll be in there. I hope it reads okay. And then I like hold up the artwork to the window and go, "Looky, and I got it and stuff." And then he like closes the drapes. He didn't. He was like, "Oh, what was he looking at? He's uh, looking at some birds or something." You know? By that time, I'm sleepy. And yeah. then he goes and pees. Then I go, "Yeah, yes." For two hours. That isn't healthy. And awkwardly too. That's right. And James writes a criticism of it. Puts it online on his blog. Scott Scott Gimple, who also was a person who was one of the reasons I do Bongo, it was Terry Delegene and uh, Scott Gimple. Uh, Scott's gone on now to do, he was a writer on a show called Life, which is one of my favorite TV shows. Really good. I really like that show. Yeah. I really liked it. And if it. you saw a Scott Gimple episode, you would especially like it because he was the best guy on that. Same with uh, Flash Forward, which I wasn't as big a fan of, but if it was a Scott Gimple episode, boy, howdy, it was uh, well written. He's, yeah, a really great writer, a really great guy. Did also a TV show called Fillmore, I believe, uh, about a kid who was a hallway monitor, who was, uh, and they did it uh, kind of uh, Philip Marlowe style, very film noir, and it's, it's better than you'd expect. It's quite Kind of like Veronica Mars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Sure. There we go. That's, uh, the kids today know what that is. Well, I, I owe Scott because he's one of the few editors that I've met at a convention who gave me a number, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> There's only six digits in this. Yeah. And then he responded to emails, and he said, we'll get you work, and he got me work. But we came both... Through, and that's one of the reasons yeah. that Tanira's lasted this long at Bongo, and I have, I have to say that about Bongo and give them a lot of credit, is that um, there's been very little fuss involved. And, and there are times when I've stepped away from it, and I've gone back into animation, done this project, this project, that friends talk about it and it's almost always been a gigantic headache from start to finish to to even get the job going and then maybe you get paid at the end of it and and bongo has always been consistently like great and reliable professional and so yeah they're they're genuinely nice people that are there as well yeah and it's not a bureaucracy i think there's a core group of four or five people working there they're writers and artists themselves and um there's an understanding in that sense i don't think there's a lot of what you get in animation production assistance yeah. Just people who got a title for what is basic, um, oh, I don't know what you'd call it, secretarial work, I guess, <laughs> almost, who always see themselves above the actual creative 
folk as they've got the title and stuff and there's really none of that um going on at bongo and 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 to you know particularly now um i've got I shouldn't say free reign, but I mean, they certainly trust me to do my job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're both in kind of a nice position there where they do trust us to, if you have an idea that we can pull it off instead of, you know, when I pitch something, let's say I pitch something to Marvel, uh, you know, you got to prove it seven ways to say, you got to write more uh, than you would write for the script. Like there's so often when I'm pitching something for television or what have you, where they want uh, the Bible and the pitch and the this and that and the other, you go, can I just write the script? Well, no, we don't want to get to that yet. Well, I'm writing more than the script for what I'm pitching you. Let me just show you the thing. Oh, for crying out loud. It's nice with Bongo. You got an idea, you pitch an idea, you, you do the idea it's on the shelf well let's talk about the idea when you're right from no idea let's talk about the idea the simpsons futurama book whose idea was it um i think initially it was well the idea was just obvious uh because you have the two mac it was ian's it was all ian's he's being his well it's being me it's not so self-effacing when it comes to just the concept it was ian's concept and pitch that got Uh, it done okay Fair enough. Well, the compliment accepted. Was it a compliment? Was yes. it? No, it, it, no, it was, it was like, like, you bastard. World War II was all Hitler's Turned idea. Turned my company was upside it? down. Right. Uh, I mean, the idea <laughs> that... <your> filthy ambitions. <laughs> Simpsons, Simpsons and Futurama, of course, uh, both Matt Groening's uh, creations with other people. Well, not the Simpsons. Simpsons was his straight on. Uh, and it makes uh, obvious sense. How will they cross over? At some point, they will cross over. And so in the comics, uh, I was actually looking to get... Uh, writing the Futurama characters, and uh, they didn't really want me to because they had writers for that, and they had writers from the show itself, uh, Patrick uh, Barone, who was a writer on the show, uh, who was also the leader of the uh, of the Writers Guild of America. Yeah, I always feel bad if I get a script in Futurama. I'm like, I'm I'm taking work away from the head of the Writers Guild of America. That's going to bite me in the ass yeah. at some point in the future. And he needs it too. Those writer Writers Guild heads that are out on the street with the tin cup. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, when the Writers Guild, sorry, when the Writers Guild strike was going on, he was the guy negotiating. It was just so weird. Anyway, uh, with uh, Simpsons Futurama, though, uh, it was like, okay, so this should happen. Pitched it uh, to Bill Morrison, who's my editor, and he went mats against it. And, oh, but I want to do it. Oh, so if you can find a way to do it, let me know. And I came up with a, a concept, which was uh, that in, in future, because the worlds don't exist in the same world, so I came up with the concept that in Futurama, uh, they had these characters called the Brains who could enter books, and you could do, you could walk around in books. But well, uh, we've established that The Simpsons is a TV show in Futurama, so they would also still have the comic. Maybe the comic's still being published. Well, why can't the characters just enter the comic? That way, there's no continuity problems. Uh, you know, it's just entering a fiction. To which Bill went, uh, maybe, and ran it by Matt. And Matt went, yeah, and uh, and that got greenlit, and and there we go. And now we're all rich. Rich, I tells you. Rich in comics. Oh, rich in spirit. There we go. Do you guys need bus fare to get back? <laughs> we got a. I got a ride. There we go. <laughs> it's okay. But You're... no, it it was nice. It was it was uh, they they were very encouraging. And then James uh, was on board with, which was great because I know James can draw anything. Uh, he's he's amazing, and uh, and he pulled it off. I think I don't think there's any other artist that could have uh, pulled this off. Oh yeah, that made me rich. <laughs> I get to spend six months on two issues? <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> well, they're, they, they are pretty dense, aren't Can they? I cash on your couch, Robin? <laughs> I'm drawing a Simpsons Futurama crossover. You don't well, want to stay on my couch. Pro- Have you met my cat? 
Well, this was, and that was the fun part of it was when Ian was promoting it, and he said, "Not only are we going to have every Simpsons character available in the book, we're not just going to have every Futurama character in the book. We're going to have every fictional character that's ever existed in the book." Hey, I don't know who the artist is, but I bet his hand's going to drop off. And I sat there reading it, going, "It's me, it's me, you sheep." Oh, never mind. <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, there's, only, there's only one word we can't say, but you can say that one. Yeah, you can, you, you can say it. You, Which you, one? The, the sheep molest. Come on. The sheep raping clown? The sheep fucking clown? There you go. You can say that. All right. James and I actually have done the rounds. I was going to say sheepish lad, but... <laughs> have done the media rounds you once. You are Welsh, aren't you? Once before. Uh, we were the first people to bring Canada into the Simpsons world, and we ended up somehow that became that became a story somehow. We ended up on News World at like you know we're going to CBC oh, at four God. in the morning. We were getting put a rube on national television at five in the morning. Is that <laughs> that one was called James the Deer in Headlight? Thank God D- uh, Ian, who's the veteran media. Fellow so it was here. it was it was literally it was <laughs> knew his sound bites and, and knew how to entertain. They've and they haven't yet caught the murderers. Well. You know, the Simpsons is going to Canada, <laughs> and we've got two of the people who are da 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 da, da. Well, we got something coming in on those murders. Nope, nope, nothing on the murders. And James Lloyd, hey, how's it going, James? How about that? Cock-a-doodle-doo, we're up in the morning. We uh, we were getting all these phone calls from, like, uh, good morning, Saskatoon, I'm not lying. Uh, that's a real thing. Uh, and so I would actually have, like, radio things, and I would have the phone by my bed, and it would ring. I'd just be, hey, how's it going? And I'd do an interview and then go right back to sleep immediately afterwards. And, uh, and yeah, so we've... Uh, Oh, we're we're media darlings when it comes to this sort of thing. You definitely have the faces for the radio. Yeah, well, oh, I still have the Sorry. province cover with that. What was that mutant Bart Simpson stuff? Oh, the yeah. fellow in front of the comic shop. Well, here's a here's a story, Robin. I'll tell you. <laughs> Stuffed uh, is wrong. I'm sorry. No, it's a mascot. It was a mascot with a Bart Simpson. Two in the head. afternoon. Who's awake? Yeah, uh, we were doing this uh, thing. Yeah, we got like a province. We did. We were a big province story. Uh, anyway, uh, and the guy was in a big Bart Simpson. Mascot head. is what I wanted. To see now the stuff. thing about this uh, Bart Simpson head he was wearing, it gets incredibly hot. So they have a fan in the top, uh, and somehow the motor <laughs> broke on the fan. The guy didn't want to break character. He was out in the front of the comic shop store, but he couldn't breathe. It stops you from being able to breathe. So when the fan goes off, so it's just like, I gotta go in. It's like, but someone wants your autograph. I gotta go in. Uh, like, I, I can't breathe. I'm gonna die. What? And Bart Simpson is running up the stairs going, I'm going to die. As he's like bolting for the bathroom and tearing off his head. <laughs> so, you get a lot of that. Yeah. So I'm still confused how that got in the paper. Oh, and how uh, you're involved with that story. Uh, we were the, doing a signing and they had uh, oh, okay. the mascot there and uh, a province reporter came out and we had to do wacky poses with I, it I always thought, happens I, I was, thought I was maybe in Spain at like this beautiful little cafe with Jim Starlin and and, and, and and you're in trench coats and you're doing the you know Algonquin round table scene <laughs> and it's you know time for your close up and then they just shove like these big Bart Simpson and Homer <laughs> yeah. Simpson stuffed dolls and you're just there's my cool European cafe scene and me having to like ape with these dolls Kiss and stuff it. and they're, and the they're directing it and stuff and now you it. are surprised by Bart be surprised by Bart and you're just like okay god please get me out of this did they make Jim Starlin wear the infinity gauntlet no, Jim sat and smiled, and they took his picture. <laughs> and looked, but really that's what cool. Jim gets for for 
committing to comics. You know, in the story he told, he was he was in Vietnam on like an aircraft carrier, drawing comics in the freezer because the heat was so much that it was warping his pages. So he was sitting there trying to keep the ink flowing while <laughs> while inking in a walk-in freezer on a ship. Some people would put their comic career away, but not Jim. That's Starling, amazing. Man. What was he doing in Vietnam? He served on in the uh, in some capacity. Would been Air Force and Navy in Vietnam. Wow, I didn't realize he was that old. Well, I guess yeah, bad. because I got some stuff. I got some really crazy old mystery in space and things. So yeah, I yeah. was pretty ill in Spain, though, so I might be getting that all wrong. So I apologize to Jim Starlin if I've got my facts. That was a blur. We did both of us uh, both apocryphal, of us got, but got sent to uh, Spain. That was uh, that's yeah, that was incredible. Um, Gihon. Should we go into that? Well, it's up to the host, uh, James. Well, we've only Is got it a another story? An hour forty-five to film. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, let me double check with my uh, supervisor. Yeah, it's okay. You can tell it. Oh, no, well, no. We just uh, this is one of the one of the really nice things about doing this is if uh, if you if you got the time is they will fly you some places. Places will fly you places. So yeah, we fl- we flew to Spain and uh, went to some art schools and talked about our craft. And you feel like the biggest fraud in the world. You just feel like you booked the wrong monkey. You shouldn't have done this. But you go up there and 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 no one called us on it. And we did the whole thing. And uh, yeah. it was it was amazing amazing trip. We went to a, a variety of schools they had an art gallery showing um we we did all these talks and uh, had the traditional uh, spanish uh three-hour lunch yeah and it's all pork i mean don't, it doesn't pork. matter what you're gonna order in spain you're gonna get eggs pork and bread that's you know <laughs> <laughs> that's it's okay. gonna be three courses of that pretty much they know. have a nap that's to start afterwards. you yeah yeah, yeah. and then they get back nap. to another second lunch which is three and then and then yeah you go into the parks at night and it's midnight and it's like hey there's all these old ladies and kids hanging around yeah this is the way this way we do it and like it's because they've had like 10 hours sleep during the day yeah they're yeah. all well rested. People uh, party till like five in the morning. You know, it, it's, it's and they amazing. get everything done. They Nobody get everything works, done. but everything is done beautifully. And it's it's so bizarre seeing convention is not the right word for it, but it's it's festival. It, it was a cultural exchange, really, and it, they do it that sense. And it's so different from here. Where so let's different. be honest, some of the conventions here are really kind of degraded garage sales. And there, when you're like- in one of those old Spanish theaters where they have Spanish bagpipers and the mayor opening up this week-long comic oh, right. ceremony. There was that, wasn't there? It was yeah. a huge festival. And they do it with such ceremony, and they do it with such... Oh, then back home, and I'm next to the it. baseball cards, and the guy going, I don't know about this, and yeah. So you're, you know... Nothing wrong with Canada, bless it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, 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 I kind of describe uh, some of the uh, bigger being- comic conventions as kind of like your monkeys on display. Well, monkeys do things. <laughs> it's like monkeys that you don't let move. I, I, I mean, I, I do like meeting people. I just have a hard time doing conventions now. I, I, I really, really do, especially here. I just can't. I just get so incredibly bored. Uh, and I feel like there's so many other ways I, I could be talking to someone. I don't mind meeting people, but I don't think it's necessarily the best, uh, best way to do it. So would this be a bad time to mention that you're going to be appearing oh, yeah, at right. a Heritage Hall Comic Convention on uh, yes. <laughs> I was May saying 30th. some degraded garage sales, but certainly not Leonard Wong. No, it's a nice show. And that's why I said the bigger shows Heritage are the Hall there you go. convention. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's May 30th, um, and I'll be there signing with another Lloyd, David Lloyd. David Lloyd. B for Vendetta. Artist. I had the chance to talk to him the other day. Fascinating man. I haven't heard that yet. I will, though. I'd be 
looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so that's... Uh, I'll be there signing the crossover book, and hopefully I can convince Ian to do a cameo if he's in town. So. I'm going to be in Los Angeles. Oh, he is out yeah, of town. because I'm yeah. a right. big shot. He's a big shot, I told you. Kind of a big deal. Riding with a movie star. In he's got to go uh, be a background player in Entourage. <laughs> <laughs> Should we mention? <laughs> I don't watch the show. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Huh? Yeah, okay. I can nod like should a Should we mention Happy? Should I mention Happy Gilmore? You can if you want. Oh, I didn't yeah. know. I was I in. Yeah, I was in the movie Happy Gilmore. Now we've mentioned it. Moving on. All right. <laughs> Were you one of the guys in the crowd going? You can do it. Yeah. Uh, no, I was. Uh, I got a Subway sandwich golfed into my mouth. That was the scene that Roger Ebert hated uh, in a movie that he hated. But he went, "This scene I hated the most," and that was the scene I was in. Yeah. Well. Got a line and everything. Yeah. Also in Twenty One Jump Street, I, uh, I saw bring that. down a prostitute ring <laughs> with nice. my nerdy ways. Nice. Uh, also, <laughs> you, you, Beans you, uh... Baxter, the new adventures of Beans Baxter, a show that didn't do well on Fox in its first season, but first episode, I'm a jerk in it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> now you're going to be doing a launch at Lucky's next month too. Yeah, I don't know if we finalized. Um... A date on that, but um, Gabe was talking about doing, um, yeah, something around the 11th of June, and uh, I think that'll be a more informal little affair. He was mentioning barbecue. I hope there's barbecue. I've had mm. I've had barbecue at the Lucky's before. It's so, a it's a swell space. Is it a good so, idea to have like a slash. flame at a comic book store? Is that like a lot? I of think paper it's a great idea. Fair enough. Great idea. Well, I don't think they do it right in the store. You know, because the Lucky's could pull it off. They use their space well. Fires on. Well, they have the back area danger. there. <laughs> They're true. very Man, dangerous. I'm worried. I don't like things being on fire on my street. <laughs> too much of that. Um, yes. So yeah, so I'm coming out of my shell for a bit, but um, but that's what I was going to say about Spain, just to just to beat that one to death. Um, is that I was there? <laughs> I was there for a week, and um, I did a lot of I did sketches for people, but I didn't sign a single thing. There was not a single day where they said, "Can you sit at a table?" And we've got these books, and we're gonna. No, it was entirely about like we went to um, universities, and we'd do some talk there, and you know, I mean, it was it was entirely like a celebration of the art form. Mm-hmm. The one so they treat you like you're you know with the respect that you've got uh, like you're Gustav Klimt or something, and I'm sitting there doodling Bart Simpson with his pants down. <laughs> like, what an art form! So that was the irony of Spain, I think. The weird. The weird thing is when you do a, tell a joke in Spain because you got this translator there. So you tell the joke. Mm. A few people in the audience who speak English go, ah, ha, ha. Uh, the translator might go, ah, ha, ha, ha. and then the translator tells the joke, and then it get and you got to wait it out and hope that they tell it right. The crickets. Oh, oh that reminds me. And this is almost a this is almost an anecdote. I'm almost saying something that is almost close to a humorous story. Finally, but. Yay. Uh, the Twitter feed saying more anecdotes. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I had uh, a great guy. And this is the other thing. They they assigned me pretty much my own translator, too, to, to like hang around with me. And, a handler, uh, they call that. A handler. Keep me out of trouble, which he didn't. Um, but uh, yeah, Marino. Hi, Marino. Marino Santurzo. Brilliant guy. Great and, guy. And was amazing at what he could he would listen to like the longest monologue, and I'd forget somebody's got to translate it, and he would do it, you know. And so he was great. But I remember at one point, um, I kept writing when I do the Bart sketches. I'd go, "Don't have a cow, man," and 
I finally asked, I said, does that make sense to people? Do you have that here? And he's like, no, what is this about relations with farm animals? And I said, no, 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 don't have a cow. It means, you know, like, don't get excited. I don't know how to explain it. I go, what do you have here? He's like, I go, do you have Icaramba? He's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, but it's Spanish. He's like, we just don't find this funny. And I'm like, well, what would Bart Simpson say here? And he goes, he would say something like, Go and multiply yourself a million times times zero. <laughs> Go what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like Simpsons. There's like Schoolhouse Rock. It's all math, <laughs> math jokes, nothing exactly. but math jokes and pork sandwiches. Do you have I Caramba here? No, we do not. That's <laughs> wait a minute. And we find it you? mildly offensive. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, I wonder. Okay, this is just a dumb question of mine, I, and I asked this. Uh, okay, so say you got a Speedy Gonzales cartoon, right? And you translate that into into uh, Spanish. What do you do? Because most of the jokes are playing off that it's uh, pigeon Spanish. What do you do? Does the joke does it does it work anymore? You do a Pepe the Pew, and you translate into French. Do the jokes work anymore? I just wonder, like, yeah. how's that go? I don't know. I don't know. Can answer. Let's that go question. to callers. Line one, <laughs> Rishabuktu. <laughs> you there? You there? Okay. No, they hung up. I'm just gonna keep checking the Twitter feed. Am I the only one getting this Twitter feed? <laughs> I don't think it's for us. <laughs> no, it's not. No. So the comic looks like it was a chance to have fun with it in the Simpsons Futurama crossover crisis. Um, just playing with, with comics itself. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was making fun. Well, one of the things that it makes fun of is, is people that seal their comics up forever and, and don't read them. The collector mentality would definitely make fun of that. Uh, and then it it was you know what characters in The Simpsons would go well with characters of Futurama and bounce off each other. There was that. It all seemed kind of obvious when it, when it, when I was writing it. You know what to make fun of. You want to make fun of comics because it's a comic. You want to make fun of uh, the characters and what they're doing together. There you go. And then the the, the trick was doing uh, the second series and, and and seeing what was left. And, uh, and that's that's when I decided to put every character <laughs> ever written into it. And then poor James had to draw it. But he drew them amazingly well. One of the really neat things about the book is how much it includes of your preparatory work, James. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm distracted by <laughs> enthralled by this amazing two-page splash that opens the book here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that uh, I got to give credit to Bill Morrison. Uh, the concept of the book was his, and another fellow named Sir Bon Crescesu. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Is he he's, royalty? He's not. Sir bon? He is from Europe, though. Okay. Uh, he probably knows Marino. Anyways, uh, he... Uh, There's only five people in Europe, so probably. True. But, uh, uh, and he works on the Futurama show um, in art direction. He was the art director on the book, and I've worked with him a few times on side projects. I guess it was licensing and stuff. The reason I'm getting long-winded about it is because they put together a really cool book, and it was Bill who said, you know, do you have any little preparatory sketches and, and roughs and things? And I said, yeah, because that stuff they don't get. But um, um, So I put, like, a really large box together. I thought of anything that might have been of interest. And I thought they'd maybe do four or five bits of art and put that in the back. And um, I think they've got about 20, 25 pages back here. And they used almost everything I sent. Um, so, yeah, it's the first time I think you really get a sense. And I guess looking at the comic, at least this one, you see the work that goes into it in the page. But I still think that by the end of, by the final like page, it's it's so simplified. Um, because you're selecting the four lines you need. It's, it's that clean line style. Mm. 
but you know you don't see those thousand lines that lead up to it and stuff so i think it's um it always looks so simple when i see the finished product and i kind of go where did those you know three months go you know but here it kind of gives you a sense when you see all the preparatory stuff um where that time goes in terms of the planning stages so i I like that about it that it does kind of show that there is some thought and i'm not just you know you know, a monkey in a cage. I, I one of my big things I love seeing is process stuff. Um, is seeing what goes into the work and like, especially with that, because I mean, the the comics as uh, Ian's gone on about, they're tight. The 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 illustrations are tight, so it's really fascinating to see just how you get to that point. And deceptively, it's really... uh, it looks deceptively easy. Mm-hmm. It's one of those uh, easy to learn, lifetime to master situations. Uh, James can pull pull this off and make it work in a way I don't think I really don't think anyone else can, uh, and he throws his own heart into it uh, and 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 just and just kicks it up a notch. There's a lot of times where and I, uh, bless I the know, other the chick I used to date is in here. It's embarrassing. Right. But that's me throwing my. That's the, <laughs> plus the thing you throw in you throw in everything into these things. I mean, there's some as a writer. There's times that I come up with a concept and I go, well, I could either use this myself for like a movie or uh, something, or I could put it into Futurama. And uh, and the decision I always make is throw it into Futurama. Throw everything that you can into what you're working on uh now but yeah james will go that extra mile whereas i think some other artists i'm not going to name names but there's other artists who will do as much as they need to do they Mm -hmm. won't draw that background joke they won't add a little extra they won't they won't really work too hard on the panel to make it the, the most effective it can be and james really will and you think like well what's the difference between this circle and this circle but by God, it matters, and uh, and uh, and he really pulls it off. And I think this is this is a really good book to see uh, James. Circles. Um, There's a lot of circles in this. A lot of circles. Um, yeah. Well, my attitude is always that uh, you know somewhere Willie Elder's watching. So I mean, that was always you know I I had you know that was the plateau was the EC guys, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, if you're kind of aiming for the best, you know, you might get good or something but i mean we've got one story in here that i'm fairly proud of it's um uh, what is this called chili chili Chil- bang bang chili chili bang bang which, and it is. which was could i just, just set it up by saying two two things that happened in, one thing that happened in the first first series and one in the second series was comics were mentioned offhand as like a one-off joke and then both those cases uh, bongo approached us and went could you actually make those into real comics so we retroactively had to make a comic based on a throwaway title and uh, this was one of them called Chili Chili Bang Bang. Uh, that was also based on that episode where uh, Homer finds a spirit guide. Mm-hmm. Right. With, uh, was it Johnny Cash in that one or yep. something? Yeah. yeah. So in this one, um, Wiggum, Wiggum eats the chili, as it, as it were, and uh, goes on a... Uh, goes on his own little spiritual quest. And, and Ian wrote... Um, Ian wrote it specifically for comics this time, and so it was a riff on underground comics. Yeah. He goes into his little uh, his little head trip, and so, yeah, I mean, the goal on that one was to get that right, you know, and, and get it looking as close as possible to the... Uh, to the Rick Griffith, uh, Robert Crumb uh, heyday, and uh, I'm fairly happy with the way that one turned out, you know, but that's kind of where I feel like, you know, okay, that's what I've been training for, you know. I just did a story, um, Patrick Verone, who we spoke of earlier, wrote it, and it's um, it's based on the Phantom Tollbooth, the uh, classic story that Jules Pfeiffer illustrated, children's story. So I spent a month basically trying to do my best Jules Pfeiffer within the context of a Simpsons story. And that's when I kind of feel like, okay, this is where 
I'm exercising kind of specific muscles. So hopefully that's that's what keeps me employed is that's, you know, hopefully that's what I can bring to the table. We're really close to the end of our time here. Wow, we barely scratched the surface. I know, I know. Um, I want to let people know Maybe where... Get to the triangles. Anyways, go on. The triangles. <laughs> there is an interview where I talk about triangles with someone. Uh, to find more stuff about you fellows, you have a website, Ian? Uh, yeah, uh, ianboothbytumblr.com. Uh, also on Twitter, uh, at uh, Ian Boothby. So come, I, I tell jokes on there. It's, it's fun. Sometimes they're funny. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you think they're funny? I, I think some of them are funny. Oh, really? yeah. I wouldn't have thought you would have got them. Yeah. Really? No, no, no. All right. I'm not enough. very funny myself. Oh, that is a. Oh, that maybe that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we James. didn't get to Ian's second song. Oh, wait. We're, we're going to end with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I blew that. God damn it. Are you on Twitter, James? <laughs> uh, no, no. You will be. <laughs> You ever want? You ever want to? Do you ever want to create something that'll be lost to the world forever and a complete waste of time? Twitter's your man. Exactly. <laughs> no, Facebook has gotten me in enough trouble. Thanks. <laughs> you have a live journal though, which yeah, you post a lot of your sketchwork. journal dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> Yes, uh, so if you want to see what goes uh, on in the mind outside the pain gig. And some of the mini-comics that people can find that you still have available, because Ian's locked his up in a trunk, in a box. They're coming out on the online soon. In the online. Yeah, uh, well, the title was Other Stuff. Yeah, the very hilarious Other Stuff I quite love. Which retired as of late, but the comics are still around. And uh, the sketchbook that I did recently will be also available at um, the Heritage Hall. Most Which is, uh, kind of an extension of what's going on in the live journal. And um, and if the fates allow, hopefully this year, there will be a longer project coming out, which I've started working on. So. Well, uh, Jesus, Muhammad, let him do his comics. You can say that? You just can't say that one word I told you not to say. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Thanks, no, I don't Robin. Know what I can say. Thank you guys both very much. Thanks, it's been swell having you on. Audience. Thanks and for uh, up next we have Japanese Music West. First, I'm going to play a song called Your Brain Re Your Brains, Reply Your Brains. No, it's just uh, just your brains it's called. Okay. We're going to play your brains. Enjoy. Hey you Tom, it's Bob from the office down the hall. Good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Things have been okay for me, except that I'm a zombie now. I really wish you'd let us in. I think I speak for all of us when I say I understand why you folks might hesitate to submit to our demand. Here's an FYI You're all gonna die Screaming All we wanna do is eat your brains We're not unreasonable I mean no one's gonna eat your eyes All we wanna do is eat your brains We're at an impasse here Maybe we should compromise Tom, but is there 
I mean, no one's gonna eat your eyes. Open up the doors We'll all come inside and eat 